MJF's plan backfires. Roderick Strong is officially all elite. Bandito returns and so much more to get into on this edition of AEW Dynamite. Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling with me, Denise Salcedo, April 26th. Um, we got Dynamite to talk about here today. And this was a pretty newsworthy one. Um, on top of the things that I just mentioned, we also got a Easter egg from Tony Khan, which I will elaborate on more in just a second. And we got pretty, like, a lot of really good stuff. We also got an announcement uh, regarding the details of the Owen Hart Cup and so much more. So I feel like there's going to be quite a bit to get into. But before we get started, um, first and foremost, this is the first AEW Dynamite Speak Now Pro Wrestling show here on my YouTube channel. So I want to thank you guys so much for being here. If you're new or if you are a regular Thank you so much for being here. And just know that from now on, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, um, I will be live here on my channel to talk about NXT, AEW, Dynamite, and SmackDown, and all of that um, throughout the throughout the weeks. It'll be a good time, I think. I officially surpassed 100,000 subscribers, so thank you guys so much for being those um, as well. And if you want to help support this podcast, please, at any point, you're more than welcome to send in a super chat. Uh, those really do help me out tremendously. So uh, now that we got that out of the way, let's get let's get things going. We got some super chats rolling in here. Uh, we got one from James Hammond. Thank you so much to James, who says, thoughts on Ring of Honor replacing Dark Elevation permanently so i don't know the details on that um as of right now so um i just for me if this is the way to like i feel like because i never watched dark or dark elevation quite frankly for me it doesn't necessarily make things it doesn't make a difference to me to be honest uh to me i can kind of see it being intertwined as very similar so it doesn't make too much of a difference at least not uh, for me personally as a viewer because i never get to watch dark or dark elevation uh andrew cool sends in a super chat saying well guess ivy nile is technically the leader now well this is in reference to uh diamond mine and we're going to talk about roger strong in just a second and i'll explain andrew cool a super chat in just a second for those of you who probably didn't get it just yet because I know that's more of an NXT uh, an NXT thing um, so we'll talk about that in a moment but thank you so much to Andrew uh, Grapple Geekery sends in a super chat saying it was better than last week but I was largely checked out during that effing finish to Taya versus Jade TBS stands for the BS at this point okay look again wait, look I'm gonna be honest I thought, and I'm going to talk more about this later on, but just to give Grapple Geekery some thoughts here with their super chat, the Taya Valkyrie Jade Cargill match, there was a lot of really good stuff in it, okay? With that being said, I did not like the finish either. I thought the finish was very, very weak, um, but I'm hoping... I'm hoping that we that this isn't over yet. And I'm going to share more thoughts about that when we get into that match. But Grapple Geekery, uh, thank you so much for sending in that super chat. I also want to welcome um, Tim Weininger Jr. for becoming a brand new member here of the YouTube channel. Tim, thank you so much for becoming a member. Uh, you get lots of cool perks uh, for being a member. Um, and we got a super chat here from Darmon who says, Hi, will you... Will you have info on FanFest in the UK? Need to know how long I'm staying as I'm from Ireland. Your shows are awesome. Thank you so much, Darman. So look, 
So the AW show that's going to be happening in London, it's still like there's still not too much information in terms of like what they're actually going to be doing. But I'm pretty like I feel like given that this is, you know, their first show in London, I can only imagine that they're going to do that. They're going to go all out and, uh, you know, do all of the events that they normally do out here in uh, the United States. However, it's actually been a while since they've done the Fan Fest. Um, I think the last Fan Fest that they did was at All In because I was there. I was there. Or was it, I think they called it All Outside, actually. I think it was called All Outside. And um, I'm trying to think if there was another Fan Fest. I know they did one for Double or Nothing in Las Vegas last year. And then they do different stuff. Sometimes they do like karaoke. I know they did a bowling event, but I don't know what they're going to do for London. Um, but I, I imagine, or at least if I was running things, I would make sure to do something that was a big deal, uh, considering that these are all, you're going to be getting an, a huge amount of fans that haven't had that AEW experience before. So they're going to be looking to, uh, you know, get the most out of it. And also, I'm debating about going to the show. By the way, I've been talking with my good friend, Luke Owen from Wrestle Talk. You guys know Luke Owen. Um, and I've been talking to him about it. And so I'm probably going to go for the AEW show uh, all in in Wembley Stadium. I haven't fully decided, guys, because damn, the freaking tickets are ridiculous ridiculously expensive and it's not even the it's not even like the okay the plane tickets are like over a thousand dollars from LA to London but then on top of that the hotels like I could probably find a cheap hotel but I'm gonna be like in the bottom of like like I don't know what the hell kind of hotel it's gonna be and so I was looking at them and then like the really good ones are just like way too expensive, man. Or like even the ones that are decent are like $300, $500 a night. And I'm like, oh, brother, I cannot. Um, I don't know about that. But I did find some package deals. I just got to make more. I got to just do a little bit more research. So if anybody has any tips on how to get cheap flights and cheap hotels from LA to London, please hit me up, man, because um, I'm trying to keep it under under 2k. I'm trying to keep it like 1500. Uh, and it's very, very hard. Uh, Simon Ranshaw sends in a super chat saying congrats on 100k it was a fun show tonight. Thank you so much to Simon um, for the generous super chat and yes this was a fun show tonight it's going to give us um a whole lot to actually uh get into in regards to it Heidi Hodson's in a super chat saying motorcycle had my attention tonight again so let me know what's with him back to watch on the show wait I don't get it wait what are you talking about motorcycle oh Oh, okay, your motorcycle. Sorry, I'm like, wait, did I miss something with a motorcycle on AEW? You literally had me racking my brain right now. I'm like, what the hell happened on the show with a motorcycle? <laughs> I'm supposed to be reviewing the show. Um, okay, I'll let you know what's good and what you gotta watch. I feel like this is going to be more of a newsy episode in terms of like, you'll probably get most of what you need to know from a review or whatever. But if you, um, but we'll talk more about that in just a second. Heidi Ho, thank you so much for sending that in. Uriel Landero sends in a super chat saying, is Wardlow not trusted to have a full match? Tell me there's a point to all the squashes. The act got stale months ago. Otherwise, good episode. Well, Uriel, if you've, you've, you've been here on my post shows plenty of times before, um, and a lot of you guys know what my fear was about Wardlow becoming 
TNT champion again. I literally said it a hundred times. If Wardlow becomes champion again, please do something different with him. No more copy and paste squash matches with the Powerbomb Symphonies. And my friends, we got that here today again. And I was like, no, not again. Look, I was irritated when I saw it. But at the same time, I'm holding out hope that this is a one-time thing and we're going to sprint into this program with Christian Cage and Luchasaurus and we're going to get some good stuff because I cannot with the same matches over and over for Wardlow. Um, it, it, it takes away from a lot of the amazing qualities that Wardlow has. Uh, Grapple Geekery also just became a member here of the YouTube channel. Thank you so much to Grapple Geekery. We got a super chat here from Nick Grosso who says, not crazy about the main event, the Butcher and the Blade should not be main eventing and it ended with the same old BCC beatdown. Here's the thing about that. I was a big fan of the Butcher and the Blade kind of earlier on in AEW. And I thought there was a point where they started to kind of climb up that those ranks a little bit. And I was really enjoying the Butcher and the Blade. But then, unfortunately, somewhere down, um, somewhere down the road, we kind of just stopped seeing the Butcher and the Blade. Like, we really weren't seeing them that much. And so now I kind of feel like we're just supposed to take them as they were previously. But... Um, and, but it's not going to be that way because I think the fans forgot a little bit about what it was about the what it was about the butcher and the blade that made them into fans. With that being said, I did enjoy the main event it, for different reasons. I'll get into that in a second, but I did not hate the BCC beatdown, and I will t explain that once we get into the main event. But thank you so much to Nick Grasso um, for also sending that in. Sam Fines sends in a super chat saying, Denise Worldwide Funds. Guys, I'm trying, man. I'm trying to get them sponsors. I'm trying to get them brand deals. I watch these YouTubers on YouTube talk about how they land brand deals for like thousands of dollars. And I'm like, what the hell are you guys doing? I need to figure this stuff out, man. And so I'm in the process of like trying to learn here. Uh, Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying, at this point, the TBS title don't mean shit because one person has held it and has done absolutely nothing with it. It's time for Jade to lose the title, take the next step and go for the women's title. I agree with half of what you said, Sheldon. Um, I feel, I feel, I agree with the fact that it's time to move on and crown a new TBS champion. I still think that person's going to be Taya. I just don't think they wanted it to happen tonight. I think they're saving the moment for, um, for it to be on a bigger stage. And also like, for example, like Jade just hit, what was it? Her new record 56 and no 56. It's like a weird number to end it on. I've, I've, I've said this, like you got to end it on a number that makes sense. I don't know, pitch a number, 69, 100, 101. If it's like 102, that's just weird. You get me? Like there's some numbers that just don't make sense. 56 to me, not a good number. You know, you know what I mean here? Like it's gotta be a number that makes sense, at least in my opinion. But uh, let's see what else we got here. Brandon Rosen sends in a super chat saying, I guess the answer to Jade, Jade Streak is to create another championship bout that the other women can win. Brandon, oh no. No, I actually love what you wrote here, by the way. Uh, I, I love you segueing some uh, WWE, some AEW all in one and molding it in together. God damn. All right, Brandon, that's a good a super chat of the day thus far. Uh, I appreciate the humor. Um, 
All right, we we got to get into this show. I'm pulling up all your comments here, so let's get to it, guys. Um, thank you so much for everybody who's sending in some love. And okay, here we go. B. A. Charles, he's got some suggestions. 69, 420, 13 already passed. 666. God, we would probably be here for years. She would have to get like she'd have to have so many matches and just get them in very fast for us to hit those kinds of numbers. So uh, anyways, B.A. Charles, thank you so much for that um, funny comment. But let's get into AEW and let's talk about what the hell went down on this show. And I'm going to kick things off. I'm going to switch the order here around because I want to get into the main topics first. And I'm going to kick things off with the re- the debut, excuse me, the debut of Roderick Strong into AEW. That is right. Roderick Strong is officially all elite. So here's what went down. Adam Cole and Chris Jericho have been beefing with one another. They've been doing the whole side eye thing. They've been um, doing that last week. Jericho and the Jericho Appreciation Society, along with the outcasts, attacked Adam Cole basically made him watch as the outcast literally beat his wife, Britt Baker, and um, there was nothing he could do but just watch. So clearly the man is pissed off. He goes out there. He calls out Chris Jericho. Jericho's not there. Jericho pops up on the screen instead. And during this, he allows for a distraction. And so we end up seeing um, the Jericho appreciation um, coming out and attacking Adam Cole. So then Orange Cassidy and Bandito come out and they have Adam Cole's back, but uh, it's still not enough. The Jericho Appreciation Society is still getting the upper hand on on freaking uh, Adam Cole, Bandito and Orange Cassidy. And then all of a sudden we see a Titantron. And no, it's not Sean Ross Sapp. I know everybody was tagging him. It's so funny with the, because the, the, the RS, with the, the, the logo, the way that they did it, it almost looked like it said SRS, which was really hilarious. I was dying when I saw people like writing that on Twitter. But anyways, so Roderick Strong comes out. He runs out there, has their back, helps them out. And this all ends up with uh, with uh, Adam Cole and Roderick Strong hugging it out. And it's a reunited, uh, undisputed era. So let's break this down let's talk about what the hell has been going on with Roderick strong and why he finds himself here in aew so as i mentioned earlier a lot of people kind of don't watch nxt a lot like there it's a it's a smaller audience and i know this because well i review the shows every week okay and Roderick strong never got the moment to go he he's been on nxt like the whole entire time the whole entire time he was on nxt not recently we have not seen him wrestle on nxt since last summer last summer was the last time we saw roderick strong wrestle on nxt television he had a match against apollo cruz and that was like august of last year so it's been quite a while we had known that Roderick Strong basically wanted out of WWE and the reason for this is let's be real he hit a dead end the second that NXT went from the black and gold brand uh into this new version of NXT the colorful NXT the NXT 2.0 it he just wasn't fitting in anymore and I think he realized like hey I'm not going to be going to the main roster anytime soon I'm kind of just stuck here in NXT and unfortunately Roderick Strong was just stuck he was there he was part of the diamond mine 
And Diamond Mine Man, that was something that quickly unraveled. Like you had all of these members and literally every week or every month or however the time period was, you just saw somebody disappear. Either someone was released, someone left the company, uh, and it just unraveled very fast. So the last thing we saw of Roderick Strong, the last thing he did on NXT was it was him and the Creed brothers and Damon Kemp and Ivy Nile. And they were basically, I hate to say it, but Roderick Strong's character on NXT got incredibly annoying. And you know this if you were watching NXT, because the way that they presented him was as this whiny guy who basically was wanting to control the Creed brothers and the Creed brothers wanted to do their own thing and they wanted to do something else. And so unfortunately, like the latter end of Roderick Strong on NXT was not good. It was not good. It got to the point where I was just like, oh my God, this is not like, this is not enjoyable. They need to figure out what the hell they're going to do with Roderick Strong. If they're going to keep him there, what the hell are they going to do with him? So I am so happy that Roderick Strong is out of NXT because he just wasn't fitting in anymore. And it did not seem like he was going to be going to Raw or SmackDown, at least not that it didn't feel like he was. So now that he's back, now that he is officially All Elite in AEW, we now have in AEW, Adam Cole, Roger Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, who's injured, so I don't know how long he's going to be out for still, but he's been out for quite a while now, unfortunately. Um, and Bobby Fish was originally in AEW, but it's no longer in AEW. So Bobby Fish is gone, but you do have, you know, Cole Strong and Kyle O'Reilly as, you know, former members of the Undisputed Era in AEW. So I am excited to see this for Roderick Strong. And the reason I'm excited is because again, after the black and gold era ended in NXT, it was almost like that was it for Roderick Strong. There was nothing more, nothing less that was going to happen for him on WWE. So this is kind of like, hopefully for him, the uh, rebirth, the uh, rebirth of something new, the start of something new, something fresh, for Roderick Strong on AEW. So let's get some thoughts, guys. We're getting so many super chats here. Let me pull them up. Um, we got one from David Kaplan who says, Hi, Denise. Let's say hypothetically CM Punk did return to WWE. Would he be booed or cheered? Also, do you see Goldberg signing with AEW? So first of all, I do not see CM Punk going back right now to WWE with all of the reports and rumors and everything circulating um, the upcoming AEW TV show on Saturday. We'll talk more about that later. Um, I you know, Dave, Dave made sure to, to, to repeat, Dave reported that one of the main attractions, one of the main reasons for this show, or one of the main draw drawing points to this Saturday show is having CM Punk be on that show. So I do not expect CM Punk to be going to WWE. Now, hypothetically, just for fun, just for shits and giggles, if he were to go to WWE, would he be booed or cheered? I legitimately have no idea. Um, because I would, I would think he'd be cheered. I would think he'd be, I don't know. It would really depend <laughs> if it, I do think he would be cheered. Honestly, I really do. I feel like it would just be really messed up to have him come out and be booed. Uh, so I would say that he would be cheered, but then again, 
who the hell knows? That's just a hypothetical, but I do not expect to see CM Punk in WWE. Um, and as for Goldberg signing with AEW, for those of you who did not watch my 2023 predictions video, that was one of my crazy predictions was that we would be seeing Goldberg in AEW. So I'm secretly hoping for it just so that I can get something right, uh, aside from the Vince McMahon thing. Uh, Reggie Simmons sends in a super chat saying, just showing support, please, please, peace and blessings, everyone and the chat. Thank you so much to Reggie Simmons uh, for sending in um, much love. I really appreciate you for always sending those in. Uh, Nick Grosso sends in a super chat saying, shocked to see Roderick Strong in AEW. How did he get out of his WWE contract? And does this um, lead to O'Reilly returning? So again, in regards to this, I don't know the exact details of what went down, whether Roderick Strong's contract ran out whether he continued to pester or ask for his release and they finally granted it to him. Um, I don't know. I expect for, I expect for clarification to come out, uh, you know, pretty soon. Usually, uh, you know, we get more details like within the next, like within the next like hour or whatever. Um, so I do think that this was, I don't know. I'm, I'm predicting that he just let it run out. I'm predicting that he just let it run out. Um, cause I don't know when it was supposed to expire, um, for strong, but I'm, I am happy for him though, because he was really kind of just stuck there and he wasn't doing anything. Like I said, we hadn't seen him on television since August. And if this leads to, uh, Kyle O'Reilly returning, I would hope so. But again, I think his situation is just a little bit different where he's dealing with a lot of, he's dealing with a lot of stuff and he's talked about what he's dealing with on Instagram. If you guys want to go ahead and check that out. Um, Heidi Ho sends in a super chat saying, please tell me Roderick Strong didn't run out in a hoodie, then reveal who he was immediately. No, he didn't. He ran He came out and he had a Tron and everything and it said Roderick Strong. So uh, he didn't come out in a hoodie. He didn't reveal, he didn't take off no hoodie, nothing. He had the Tron and everything. Uh, we know that's your uh, wrestling pet peeve, Heidi Ho. Uh, so thank you for sending that in. All right. So now let's go ahead and uh, press on from here and let's get into Tony Khan's announcement. I would say that's probably uh, the next thing that I want to get into on the show. So Tony Khan's announcement was I originally thought Tony Khan's announcement was going to be about the new Saturday show collision, which has been, you know, already rumored and reported all across the board. Okay. And that's what I thought it was going to be about, but it wasn't. However, he did drop an Easter egg about collision within this announcement. So the actual announcement that Tony Khan made is that the opening ceremonies for the Owen Hart Cup is officially going to be taking place at Double or Nothing. So in Las Vegas, they're going to do the opening ceremony. They're um, going to be having the tournament. Some of those matches will be taking place at Forbidden Door. Um, I don't think all. I think just some. So some of the matches will be taking place at Forbidden Door. And then the actual finals of the Owen Hart Cup will be taking place in Calgary on July 15th. And you're probably thinking, okay, well, where's the Easter egg about collision? Well, the Easter egg was the date July 15th. Look in your calendars, everybody. July 15th is not on a Wednesday. It is on a Saturday. So um, clearly, uh, he's basically telling us, Yes, there's going to be a Saturday show, and I'm assuming he's going to announce that whenever they uh, officially plan to announce the upcoming show. But he pretty much gave us, he pretty much told us without telling us. So uh, we can pretty much, we can pretty much be like, 
yay, or however you want to react about the Saturday show. Uh, so that's going to be happening on July 15th. So that was kind of the Easter egg within the actual uh, announcement. So I think this is good. I like how he's kind of uh, spreading this all out. We're, we're getting something at Double or Nothing that ties into the Owen Hart Cup. We're getting something at Forbidden Door. And clearly we're getting something on a future AW Collision show. So I do like that he spread this out. And, you know, also that so much of this is happening in Canada because Forbidden Door is in Canada. And then and then the July 15th Calgary dates. So all of that just feels like it's going to uh, mean a little bit more. So I feel like this was all good. Um, all right. So there you go. That was the Tony Khan announcement. Now let's go ahead and get into everything else that went down on this show because there's still so much more. So I'm going to rewind all the way to the top of this. And we had Bandito return he's officially back at AEW uh, he was kind of gone for a bit and this was due to vi visa issues he was pretty much wrestling everywhere else but I you know I don't know how visa stuff works with you know with the United States I don't know about that but I knew that he that was basically the issue there but he's back he's good to go all is well and he went into this match with Orange Cassidy for the AEW International Championship now this was about like a, maybe a 20 minute or so match um they kind of did a lot in here. I thought that this one was really fun. I was mainly just happy to see Bandito back. It was a little bit of a different style in terms of like Bandito wasn't necessarily, you know, going at 150 miles per hour, but he and Orange Cassidy were kind of having some fun. Orange Cassidy was being Orange Cassidy and doing his bit where, you know, he doesn't really lay it in and he's just, you know, doing it things in slow motion and all of that. And so there was, a, this match was kind of paced in the way where I felt like, we would get we would get some fun moments where things kind of sped up a little bit and we got some nice little back and forth with Bandito and uh, Orange Cassidy. And these are two guys that because of their styles, you, you know that they can have this type of match. But then we kind of went into these dips where we were mainly kind of seeing a little bit of comedy and Orange Cassidy and excuse me, and then Bandito not really wanting to like reciprocate that, obviously. So, you know, Orange Cassidy is barely trying to chop him. Meanwhile, Bandito's just like, bam, here's your chop. And Orange Cassidy's just like, ooh. Um, so, you know, it works because that's part of his act. And so you are seeing that. But we did get to see some submission work from Bandito. We also got to see Bandito show up his power. At one point, he did a one-handed vertical suplex off the top rope to Orange Cassidy. At another point, he lifted Orange Cassidy with one arm above his head. And so I do like them bandito has been making sure to hit this all the time um so this was a pretty fun match eventually we do see orange cassidy get the win with the orange punch and the beach break and he retains um as far as i do kind of hope that we kind of get a little bit of some surprises here because i've been feeling like and I don't know I'm probably alone in this and I'm probably not going to explain it very right but I kind of want to see a title change here. And I know some people are gonna be like, boo, Denise, F you, how dare you? How dare you wanting to see a title change? I kind of want to see a title change here. And I know that I'm, I know I'm contradicting myself a little bit because I didn't want to see a title change with the TNT championship. But I guess part of me just wants something refreshing, something new. And so part of me kind of wanted to be surprised and see if they maybe just maybe would have given the bout to Bandito. Uh, I even thought when Orange Cassidy wrestled Jeff Jarrett that maybe it was going to happen then. I don't know. I kind of want to be like 
surprised. I want to be shocked. I want to be shocked that, you know, the person that I didn't think was going to lose actually loses the belt here and something different happens for on the show. And so I think part of me kind of craves that. And there was a match later on that did give us an unexpected winner. And part of me liked that. I liked it. I was like, you know what? I want, give me a little bit of chaos. Um, So this was a good match, but I am curious to see who they eventually have, uh, you know, take the title away from Orange Cassidy or where this eventually, I'm pretty sure this is probably going to go all the way to Forbidden Door. Maybe at Forbidden Door, we'll see a um, title change. Who the hell knows? Um, But that's kind of where I'm at right now. I love it. I love it. Richard Martinez says, boo, how dare you? Red beer and bluegrass says, agreed. Boo, Denise. Marvin says, boo, Denise. I appreciate my own chat turning against me. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So uh, there you go. That's pretty much what's, uh, let's see what we got here. This is Zender Buckley who says, I'm good with someone taking it off of orange if it's someone good. I mean, Bandito would be good. I know, I know Jeff Jarrett would be a little bit more controversial. And the only reason why I wanted Jeff Jarrett last time was because I just wanted something to shock me. I think I wanted some shock value, but not shock value that would be terrible, like when the guns won the titles off of the acclaimed. That was shock value. That was terrible shock value. I want to see shock value that's like, ooh, they did it. They went there. Hell yeah. So there's two different types of shock level. All right. That's where I'm at with all of this. All right. So (laughs) let's press on from here and let's get into uh, speaking of shock, shocking stuff. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. One more thing. I cannot forget to talk about this. This is literally my thumbnail of this video. So I have to talk about this. And also I've been dying to talk about this really quickly. We got a backstage. Okay, so after this match with Orange Cassidy and Bandito, uh, Orange Cassidy puts his his like glasses on on bandito he gives him glasses and bandito the glasses kept falling off because you know he has the mask and everything but he finally gets them on right so backstage renee paquette is doing an interview with adam cole i don't even remember what the hell adam cole said that didn't even matter that wasn't even the highlight of this the highlight was um renee paquette asked orange cassidy a question and then orange cassidy no orange cassidy like asked her if she's gonna ask him a question and then she just said he just says he responds to her her response and he just goes oh and walks away right because orange cassidy doesn't really talk then bandito goes to the microphone and he just goes oh and for those of you who missed this you're like denise that's not funny no it was really funny go back and like you gotta watch this like this is one of those you had to be there moments um because it's now my favorite thing ever um so please watch that and now all i want in this life is more interactions between bandito and orange cassidy because it just felt effortless it felt chill but it also felt really funny so uh this was really good very simple probably wasn't meant to be that funny and it came across very funny so i like when stuff like that happens when they don't have to force it uh david capelin sends in a super chat saying do you think this is a make or break moment for adam cole and if undisputed era is reformed it's just a wwe retread not original thoughts i don't think they're gonna again a lot of this really depends on kyle o'reilly i don't think that they're going to just like rely on everything that you, you know you can't ignore history okay Like when it comes to wrestling, I feel like when you are a fan, especially Tony Khan, who's a fan, you can't just like ignore people's past, people's history. I don't think it's as like, 
if they were to, you know, reunite them and all of this, I don't think that they're going to try to do a retread of WWE. I think it's more so like these guys have history and we're not, you know, going to pretend that that never happens. We're not going to pretend like things outside this company don't exist. And so I feel like the fans like that and they appreciate that. And personally, like I wouldn't see it as like, oh, they're just trying to take a WWE idea and steal it and make it their own. I see it more so as these guys have history and let's elaborate on that and, you know, see what we can do with our guys, with our talent, with our creative, with our vision in it. So I don't, I don't hate that. Uh, but David Capelin, thank you so much for the super chat and for the question. Um, I love that. Um, some good stuff there, really. Patty Ho sends in a super chat saying, is Orange Cassidy ever going to get a new gimmick or is that just what it's going to be? Dude, Orange Cassidy is Orange Cassidy. It works for him. He's very popular. Um, if it works, why try to fix it? So I feel like purse or what's it? What's that one thing? If the wheel ain't broken, the broke, the wheel's not broken. Don't try to reinvent the wheel if the wheel's not broken. Whatever. You don't got to try to reinvent the wheel. It's working for Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy is very popular. Uh, so it's working for him. And I think he needs to stand out and do something different when you are bombarded with a lot of people that are very similar. And Orange Cassidy has something that he does that is different. So you might as well hold on to that. And I think that the fans have, the fans that like Orange Cassidy, they like him for what he brings to the table. And a part of that is obviously this, you know, persona where he's, you know, doing, you know, barely laying it in and this and that it works for orange Cassidy. So that's kind of where, thank you. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, how do you hope? Thank you for the super chat. Thank you to Mac Hensley. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Richard Martinez, everyone. Someone's like, you're mixing metaphors. I knew I knew, <laughs> Richard Martinez says homegirl you combine two phrases I love how everybody's just like this is the this is the phrase guys when you got a hundred things in your mind trust me you'd be out here mixing phrases too <laughs> all right um anyways Sam M thank you he says if it ain't broke don't fix it and also don't reinvent the wheel Bam. Thank you, Sam M. Just come in here, replace me on this show, because that's exactly what I was trying to say uh, in regards to um, in regards to Orange Cassidy. All right, man. I love this chat, guys. You always have my back here. I appreciate it. Um, all right. So let's see what else we got here. Um, all right. So speaking of surprise endings, Jeff Jarrett versus Dax Harwood. Jeff Jarrett defeated Dax Harwood. This was a fine match. It was fine. But basically what happens, the way that he's able to defeat him is that Sanjay Dutt at one point tries to hold down Dax Harwood as Jeff Jarrett is going for the pin. And he tries to hold him down so that he's unable to uh, get out of it. So Dax Harwood gets pissed, chases him around, and gets back into the ring. Double J hits the stroke. And defeats Dax Harwood and I was looking at the audience reaction to this and literally because all you can obviously you can see like the front row people and they were all just standing there like what did that really just happen everybody was there like what and let me tell you I loved it I loved it I was here for this I was like Yes, something unexpected happened. I appreciate this. You guys know I'm a Double J fan. If Will was here, we'd be arguing about this right now. But you know what? He ain't here. So I can spread my Double J propaganda on this show. 
so I personally kind of loved how everybody was just sitting there like what the fuck did just what just happened Jeff Jarrett defeated Dax Harwood and afterwards they pretty much teased that like hey you know what Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal should probably be getting a shot at the titles uh since Jeff Jarrett just defeated Dax Harwood so I know a lot of people were sitting there with egg on their face but damn did I enjoy this? I enjoyed the chaos here. Uh, Justin Martin sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Justin who says, my sister said, when wrestling ends, when there's no more wrestling anywhere, that'll be when Jeff Jarrett's career is over. She's probably right. So I was like, on the on for those of you who are members, you can go and actually watch all of these podcasts for the wrestling rewinds that I did. And what I did there was I rewatched every single WrestleMania. And there was times where I'm talking about like the earliest like Jeff Jarrett WrestleMania appearances. And I'm thinking to myself like, man, this was like 20 years ago. And I'm, you know, talking about him like 20 years ago right now on the show. And in a couple of hours, I'm going to be talking about him on another show that's currently going on right now. Look, if you ask me, that's kind of fucking cool. Not a lot of people can say that. Not a lot of people can say that they've been going for so long, have been working in all these different types of positions, you know, in front of in front of this in front of the camera, behind the camera, with different companies, different promotions. Um, man, what can I say? I, I think that's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, Justin Martin, thank you so much for the super chat. And your sister is probably right there. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and press on from here. Uh, <laughs> Zena Wauer says, I agree, Denise F. Jeff Jarrett, though. <laughs> Simeon says, Denise, I used to like you. Oh, man. I know it. I remember, and I say this all the time, but I remember when uh, when uh, Jeff Jarrett came into AEW and people were, people were freaking pissed, man. I could not read my comments after that video because I was one of the few people that was defending it. I defended it. And I remember that was that was a complicated night. But you know what? I kind of feel like, look, I haven't been hating what Jeff Jarrett has done on uh, AEW. But let's press on. And I talked about this earlier, but I need to take a second to properly express my frustrations here. Wardlow versus, I don't even know who, it was a squash. Um, Powerbomb Symphony. Squash match. You've seen this match. You've seen this match once, twice, three times, four times, five times. You've seen this match a bunch of times. I said this earlier, and I've said this on a million other shows. I don't want to see the same Wardlow match. I'm done. I'm done seeing the same Wardlow match. My favorite things about Wardlow are when he goes out there and he shows off all of the, you forget sometimes that Wardlow is very, very agile and he could do these things that a guy his size, you would think cannot do. And when he's had these bouts with guys that actually challenge him, the matches are so fun. The stuff that he did with Brian Cage, a Darby, Samoa Joe, um, so many good matches that we've seen with Wardlow. So you know you can get those. You know you can get those matches with depth. Instead, what they did with Wardlow's first run as TNT champion was squash match, squash match, squash match. And that quickly took away from Wardlow because before he had the belt, some of the things that, you know, obviously everything that he did with MJF got him very, very hot. Double or nothing was like the peak of 
Wardlow. That was his peak right there when he defeated MJF. That was that was the very mountaintop right there. And so then, you know, it took forever to get the TNT Championship um, belt on him. And prior to that, like it was cool when he was going out there and he was beating up like 50 security guards and, you know, being a madman. All of that was freaking cool, man. All of it worked. Um, and even the program that he did with Samoa Joe and Powerhouse Hobbs, even that was like, okay, you know what? Cool. Like, I'm liking what we're getting here, but we all wanted to see Hobbs be champion. He becomes champion. And we're like, okay, well, let's let's see a little bit more. No, they quickly ended that. And then we go back to Wardlow as TNT champion. And I'm thinking, okay, you know what? I'm not mad. I said this last time. I was like, yeah, I'm bummed out that Hobbs didn't actually get a full run, but I'm not going to be mad because Wardlow, um, because Wardlow looks like he's going into his program with Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. So I'm really looking forward to that. And so we are still doing that. Except that they had to do the same copy and paste squash match here today. So that's the one thing where I'm like, you could have still done everything that they did with Christian Cage and Luchasaurus afterwards. You could have still done the stare down. But you know what else you could have done? You could have given Wardlow a competitor that maybe could have had just a bit better of, or, a, or a different match. Okay, like he can go out there and have a good little, I don't know, five minute match or so that's different with somebody else. And then you know, come out on top, have the moment with Christian Cage and Luchasaurus, and that would have been so much better. But I really hope that they don't keep do keep doing this because it's it's gotten old already, and it's taking more away from Wardlow than I think it is adding to Wardlow. So that's where I'm at. Um, I didn't care too much for the the post stuff either because. Afterwards, you just had Christian Cage and Luchasaurus come out, and I'm thinking, okay, let's get some words. Let's see what we're gonna get. They stare at each other, and then that's it. So I can't say much. There's nothing to add. When two guys, that's it. That's all we got. Sam M sends in a super chat. Thank you, Sam M. I didn't write a comment, but I still appreciate you sending this in. Um, really, thank you so much to Sam um, for sending this in. Uh, Steven here, who is a member of the YouTube channel, says, Jeff Jarrett is great for AEW. He knows how to get heat. Uh, he definitely does. And I think that's part of the reason why so many people hate him because he's really good at getting that heat. Abstract Dogma sends in a, uh, who's a YouTube member says, I agree with you, Denise, but the live audiences love the Powerbomb Symphony. I think the live audiences love everything because the, the live audience is there to have a good time. They're not there to not react, okay? If you're going to go to the show, you're going to go to a show because you want to cheer, you want to boo, you want to have a good time. So unless they're giving you absolute dog shit, and there's no reaction to something, then that's a problem. But for the most part, the audience will react. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I feel. But the TV audience is like, ah, been there, seen it, done that. Uh, <laughs> Abstract Dogma, uh, thank you so much for being a YouTube member as well. Um, let's see what else we got here. This is from 554K who says, yeah, I agree. I mean, I understand if they are trying to build him up for his feud with Luchasaurus, but there was nothing to this Wardlow match tonight. And I was not a fan of this match, says 554K. All right, pressing, pressing on from here. All right. Um, this is from Aaron Murray, who says, Denise, do you think plan B with Hobbs? He's headed for the international championship belt. So basically today we had QTV and Hobbs is freaking pissed that he lost the title. He's like choking out QT and he's QT's like, we're going to get there where we have a plan B. Um, 
I don't know, maybe plan B is to break into Wardlow's car again and just steal the bouts. I don't know. Um, international championship belt for Hobbs, I think would be cool. Um, I just really want to see what a champion, a lengthy championship run would look like for Hobbs because, you know, they invested so much in him in terms of, you know, doing the book of Hobbs. Uh, the guy really transformed himself, you know, just looks athletically great, physically great. And so I don't know, I kind of want to see what we can get out of that um, for him as a champ, but we'll see, man. Cause it kind of feels like right now his story his story feels like it's just not, it's just a, a, a loose end. That's what it feels like right now. It feels like a loose end uh, for Hobbs. And it's crazy to me that that was literally the plan moving forward because it just feels like we were going one direction and they completely took us for a loop and went in an entirely different direction there. Well, we'll see. Um, thank you so much to Aaron Murray for also sending in that um, comments there. All right, we got a couple more things to talk about, everybody. Um, before we continue on here, uh, just a heads up, if you guys do want to help support this podcast, if you're enjoying the show, or you just want to get your question, your comment, your statement, your hot take, whatever it is, read here on this podcast, you are more than welcome to send in a super chat at any point. If you're watching the show on a replay and you still want to give and you're like, oh, I couldn't tune into the show or give a super chat, you can always send in, I think it's called a thank a super thanks or just a thanks whatever on the video somewhere here where i'm pointing there's a little button that says thanks and you can uh send a thank you there as well uh, and those come in after the show i see them don't worry i see them all right uh, moving on from here let's go ahead and get into the next match and let's talk about sammy Guevara versus darby allen with the winner going on to face mjf at double or nothing so mjf's plan has completely backfired, at least as of right now. But we all knew it would. We all knew it would. So last week, all of a sudden, Sammy Guevara and MJF became the bestest friends for life, okay? They became BFFs. And so, <laughs> so they became BFFs, and this was because MJF basically had gave a really big paycheck to Sammy and the goal for that was for him to basically win, get himself to the point where he's the one to face him at double or nothing. But then come the double or nothing match, he wanted him just to quickly take the pin, take the L for him so that MJF can have an easy, victorious night at double or nothing. Clearly, we all knew that wasn't going to happen. It was just a matter of, are they going to do, are they going to do um, MJF versus Darby? Or are they going to do the four pillars match? Who knows? I felt like those were the two real big options there. Well, this match for the, speaking of this match, Sammy and Darby, there were some great moments in this. I mean, Sammy, uh, I know people love to hate Sammy. We all know it, but man, does that kid go out there and put his body on the damn freaking line. And you got to respect that because he's freaking crazy. Not only does he at one point hit a Spanish fly, um, but on top of that, he does this like crazy freaking, I don't even know, man, 6.30 onto Darby on the table. Like he did so many flips, couldn't even count how many flips he did in that. Um, So it was a very big spot, honestly. And it looked freaking sick. The camera angle was sick. The height was sick. The execution was sick. All of it across the board just really worked out for this big, big, massive moment. And Sammy's kind of known for doing stuff like this in his matches now. 
or has been for quite a while rather. But there's a moment during this match where MJF leaves commentary and he gives Darby his skateboard while the referee's not looking. And we end up seeing Sammy thrown on the floor pretending like Darby hit him with the skateboard. So by the time the referee turns around, he thinks that Darby cheated. And so he calls a DQ. This was a hot mess, guys. I did not like the way all of this kind of worked itself out. But whatever. This is where we're at. So he calls a DQ. And Sammy wins the match. So they announce Sammy versus MJF at double or nothing. We all know that's not the match we're getting. Uh, on commentary, Tony Schiavone is like, Oh, I got Tony Khan is in my ear and he's telling me something. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe they're just going to restart the match because clearly Tony's watching backstage and he saw that, you know, Darby Allen got him untreated unfairly and the match should restart, right? No. Instead, they just say, Tony Khan says that Sammy, because he won the Pillars tournament, he's in the match. But instead, we're going to do a match next week. So next week, we're going to have a tag team match between Sammy Guevara and MJF versus Jungle Boy and Darby Allin. So if Sammy and MJF win the match, the match of Double or Nothing stays as is. Sammy versus MJF. If, if Jungle Boy and Darby Allin win the match, it becomes a four-way. So we all know what's going to happen here, especially because afterwards we had MJF walking backstage, Sammy following behind him. He gets into his fancy car and Sammy's thinking he's going to catch a ride with him. And MJF's like, oh no, like it's crowded in here. You don't fit. Sorry, you have to go, right? And so they pan the camera to the inside of the car and there's nobody in there. So MJF's just being MJF and doesn't want Sammy in there after, even though backstage they were all hugging and kissing and giving each other gifts and being so friendly and hugging and all of that. And so now all of a sudden he's completely forgotten about the guy. And here's the thing. I didn't really love the way that we kind of got here. And the reason I say this is because the reason I was first interested in the four pillars tournament or not tournament four pillars match, the four, fatal four way. The reason why I was first and foremost interested in this was because I loved all of the promos that all of these guys did. Jungle Boy, Darby, Sammy, that first one that we got, that was really good. Okay. And even though Sammy's a heel, I still like Sammy in that. I thought he did great. And so that was like, to me, that was the drawing reason. That was the reason why I was drawn to it. So then afterwards, we go about it this direction where MJF offers him the money and Sammy takes it, right? Gives him a ridiculous amount. MJF agrees to it. Okay. I get that where we're coming from. But then at the same time, it's like, I kind of feel that it doesn't make me want to see Sammy in the match. Because to me, him, it, it basically undoes everything he said in that first promo that they did when they were all telling MJF how they're better than him and why they deserve to be AEW champion. To me, it completely undoes that. It completely unravels it completely. And so then afterwards, you know, during this match, 
Um, I didn't like that they did the whole thing where Tony Khan was like, oh, you know, Sammy, you won, so you're in. Where it's like, wait, we all saw him cheat. So I thought it would have made more sense for them to restart the match or yeah, I thought it would have made more sense for them to do that. So basically it's saying like, yeah, we saw you cheat, but it's cool. It's fine. You still win. And so I didn't really love that portion of this either. And so I just kind of thought like we zigzagged too much to get to the four way. So we got a super chat here from Mike T90K. Thank you so much to Mike for this generous super chat. He says, hey, Denise, um, digging the blondes. Thank you. He says, am I the only one excited for the four-way pillars match? These four kids are going to kill it out there. The summer of AEW is going to be amazing. Be right back. The meatloaf is ready. So I am looking forward to the match. I, I was looking forward to it when they first, you know, started making their way to it. However, along the way, one of the things that I was talking about was that I kind of felt like just Darby Allen kind of outshined Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara. And so I kind of just wanted to, I would have been okay with just Darby versus MJF. I'm, I'm cool with the four pillars, the four pillars match. I'm totally cool with that. But I did think that the story though, kind of lended itself more to my interest being more so in MJF and Darby. And I think had we just kind of, I don't know, I think if the story would have been streamlined just a little bit more, clearly then this would have felt like okay cool yay we're still getting all four pillars woo but instead i was kind of left with what we did all that just to get here when that didn't make sense and that didn't make sense um so it's fine though i'm looking forward to the match um and it's going to be interesting to see how, how how it works out because i do think that clearly we've already seen you know, uh, these guys wrestle. We've already seen them wrestle. We've seen them have their matches against MJF. This was something that I was already talked about previously, especially that MJF Derby match. Um, so with that being said, I do think it's going to be a good match, though. I'm looking forward to it. I was just, you know, kind of a little bit like took us all of that. They zigzagged all their way to get to this actual four-way. But Mike, T90K, thank you so much for the super chat, dude. It's much appreciated a whole lot. Uh, you have no idea. Thank you so much, Mike. Um, All right, so we got so many different comments. Uh, we got a super chat here from Aaron Murray who says, um, keep being great, Denise. Uh, you rock. Hopefully, I will be able to support you more. Dude, thank you so much. Um, Even if you just come into the shows, subscribe, are part of the channel, tune in, watch the show. Um, That is a huge huge support guys uh, so thank you so much to Aaron for Aaron for sending this in um all right let's see what people are saying about this by the way um let's see MTM says the build has been great good concept Justin says they should have just had Sammy Darby and Jungle Boy all win a match to qualify for the four-way at double or nothing uh Sam says they should have just picked up the storyline for the friendship or the storyline for the four-way this feels indecisive um I get what you mean by that I do get what you mean by the way I'm predicting that because Sammy was basically you know MJF was so rude to him and he didn't let him get in his car I think Sammy is going to purposely cost him the match the tag team match next week. So I do think he's going to purposely cost him that match so that it can become a four-way. So um, I feel like that's pretty much what's going to happen there. Pacer Don says the match was over in real life sports. They don't restart the game even if a mistake was made. Yeah, but this is different, guys. This is different here, okay? How many times haven't you seen something shady happen, a heel does something, and they restart the match? Like it happens, you know? 
Um, all right, let's see what else we got here. Zeno Hour says, I have to be honest, the build to this pillar four-way match has been a little convoluted so far. It has been. It, it kind of has been, yes. Um, let's see what else we got. 554K says, the MJF and Sammy stuff was really funny, and the Sammy versus Darby match was really good, but I did not like the ending. I thought the match should have been restarted uh, instead. Thank you. That's exactly kind of how I felt. Uh, Casey Miranda says, the DQ finish didn't bother me. It seg segued right into the tag match, which should be awesome. And um, let's see what else we got here. All right, cool. I think I got a couple of these comments in here about this feud. And... Steven, a uh, YouTube member here says, I could see MJF losing the title without getting pinned. No, no, no. I do not want to see MJF lose the title at double or nothing. No. Okay. In fact, I can see, see him stealing someone's victory. I can see him stealing Darby's victory, for example. Like if Darby's about to pin... I don't know, Jungle Boy or something or or Sammy or whatever. I can see MJF stealing his pin, but I do not by any means think that they should be having MJF lose the bout. I don't think that uh, as much as I love Darby, I just don't. He To me, Darby is the, besides MJF, Darby is the one that's most ready to be AEW champion. But even then, I still wouldn't, I still don't see it happening right now. So with that being said, I feel like it definitely 100% has to be MJF retaining that championship. I don't want to see, I don't want to see him get screwed like that. Uh-uh. Um, all right, let's see what else we got here. And um, all right, so let's go ahead and see what else we got here. Uh, this pacer Don says, I hate restarts. It means a lot more emotionally if you know the heel cheated and the match will not restart. All right, you know what? I appreciate that. I appreciate that uh, defense of that decision, Pacer Don. All right, um, let's press on from here. Uh, we actually already talked about Adam Cole and all of that. So let's go ahead and get into Taya Valkyrie versus Jade Cargill. We talked about it briefly earlier, but just really quickly, just to kind of give it a little bit more time. Um, this was a good match with a bad finish. And the reason I say it was bad is mainly because I just didn't feel like it was a strong enough finish. Um, I still was not expecting to see. I Look. On this one here, I had kind of had some small hopes that Taya Valkyrie would win and this would be the it and we would have this big thing to talk about. But in reality, I just didn't really believe that either. Even though I kind of wanted it, I didn't really fully believe it because like I said earlier, I still think that they're going to, whenever Jade does lose her TBS championship, it's going to have to be in a big stage. It's going to have to be with a number that makes sense. Like I said earlier, I don't think 55 and one is the number. <laughs> Or you know what? They could have done 55. They could have done 55. 55 is a good number. Never mind. I take it back. Well, 56. 56, not a good number. 57, not a good number. 58, 59, no. 60, okay, I'll take 60. I just need some like even number. <laughs> I can't explain it. It's a numbers thing. But anyways, so I just thought that the finish was a little weak. And it didn't really feel like she put away Taya the way that I would have bought it. Um. And afterwards, we do see Taya. She's pissed off. She, you know, she's practically she's practically going to kill Aubrey Edwards at one point. I'm thinking like, damn, poor Aubrey. She didn't deserve that. That was pretty funny, though. And so I'm curious to see what this means for Taya, too, because we kind of saw her be really pissed off after this. Like, I'm going to want to see I'm going to want to see more of this angry Taya. I'm definitely going to want to see a lot more of that. But anyways, Jade Cargill is now 56 and 0. 56 and 0, and when they actually decide to 
take the bell off of her. We'll see. But now it's pretty much just a numbers thing, guys. It's a numbers thing. All right, we got Richard Martinez sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Richard who says, um, the Pillars feud is a little messy, but props for extending it without it being boring. Once again, congrats on 100K. I'm happy to support. Thank you so much, Richard. I appreciate this a whole lot. And yeah, I mean, the Sammy Guevara MJF thing was kind of like a little annoying, but that's what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be annoying. It was supposed to be obnoxious. Um, so that was like the whole point of it. Like Sammy was the fool for buying into mjf when mjf was clearly using him and trying to buy him into you know clearly buying him because he paid him you know the check the money all of that so sammy here was the, the the fool he was the clown he was bobo the clown in all of this not mjf mjf had a plan man and he stuck to it uh richard thank you so much for the super chat grapple geekery sends one in saying i'm so over jade's reign save us statlander Man, I can't wait to see Chris Statlander uh, come back. Uh, Chris Statlander got very, very hot at one point. Um, let's not forget the time that Ruby Soho beat her and everybody was so pissed, including me. Even I was pissed. Um, I don't know who is going to take away Jade's title. I would like it to be Taya, though. And I'm gonna. the reason why I want it to be Taya is because she's a big name, but she also still needs that, like, she needs something to really just wow the crowd, right? Like she just needs to wow the crowd. And I think if you want her to make a hard hitting presence in the company and be like, she's arrived, Taya Valkyrie has arrived in our roster, the best way to do that is by having her defeat Jade. Um, the other option was Willow. That was another name that was thrown around. Uh, if down the line, maybe just maybe, but I do think that Taya should be the person because you need another how do i say this you need another bad bitch on the roster and if ty is that other bad bitch ooh, i think that's the way to go um but that's where i'm at on this one we'll see what they actually do there uh grapple geekery thank you so much for the super chat much appreciated um all right we got another one here from brandon rosen who says any word on chris statlander's recovery i feel like aw is always waiting for chris to defeat jade uh willow nightingale is also a great option if they can build a great story yeah willow's great i think that because you know she did obviously wrestle jade I think she, she know I know for sure she wrestled her once I don't know how if she was more than once too but I know for sure we did get that one match and it didn't happen uh, there was part of me that thought hmm what if but I also don't think that they wanted to do it just yet I think they have an end I would hope that they have an end end goal in mind I would hope that they had an idea of how far they want to take this from the very beginning I would hope that they do but and that's the thing though like Jade Jade part of Jade what makes her cool, what makes her unique, what makes her different on the roster is her look, but also the fact that she does have this streak. She does have the streak. Like this is her thing. So now it's really kind of become like her her accessory, her prop, her thing. You associate Jade Cargill with her streak and her TBS championship. So that is going to be something hard to take away from her. But at the same time, the audience has gotten over it because what happened is that similar to Wardlow, we've been seeing the same matches over and over. Uh, a majority, I would say like 95% of the Jade Cargill matches that we've seen for the TBS championship, her TBS championship defenses 
have kind of all felt the same. And there's only been a couple where you're like, oh, this one was really good. And there's been very few and far in between. So I think that's kind of been a little bit of the issue where I feel like we're kind of seeing the same thing over and over, which was similar to what I was talking about with Wardlow earlier. So I think that's part of the reason why people want to see a new TBS champion, but I still think they're going to take this a little bit longer um, because it's her thing, guys. It's it's her thing. It's what she's got. Um, thank you so much to Brandon for us sending in this super chat. Uh, seriously, dude, thank you so much. Uh, we got Gapple Geekery who says, oh, I'd love to see Taya beat her or Willow or Athena or anyone. <laughs> I think Grapple Geekery is just ready to see a new champion. You're like, I'm ready to see a new champion. I don't care who it is. Uh, I know Athena, uh, based on Will, Will, what Will has told me, because he watches Ring of Honor every week, that Athena's been absolutely killing it over there. And then as for Willow, as for Willow, it's more so that she's just very, very likable. She's very likable. And you kind of want to see somebody like that get the title because it's like, ooh, we're skyrocketing a new baby face, you know? And I think that's part of the appeal to having Willow defeat Jade Cargill. But personally, I kind of want more of a different direction. I want it to be Taya because I want that alpha female versus that alpha female status. And I think that Taya needs something to really solidify her on that AEW roster because right now she's just Taya she's just Taya Valkyrie and if you know her work then you're like oh hell yeah if you don't know her work you're like okay cool I like Taya but what else what else do we got here um and so that's why I think she needs something to kind of solidify her on the roster uh thank you so much to Grapple Geekery for that super chat and we man we got in so many different comments on who everybody thinks here <laughs> it's happening for um Ooh, Melissa Cabello says, what about Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet? And, you know, she's, you know, doing her thing at, you know, she's doing her thing in New Japan, but it feels like there still could be that possibility if it was. But here's the thing, though. I feel like the person who defeats Jade Cargill has to benefit a whole lot from it. Where Mercedes doesn't need to beat Jade Cargill, become TBS champion, uh, she doesn't need to. Like, let's say this was going to happen. I don't think she really needs, she doesn't need it. She really doesn't. She's Mercedes Monet. She's got a big name already. She doesn't need it. Willow, Willow needs it. Taya, Taya needs it. And I think Mercedes Monet, because of the star that she is, if she was to go into AEW and do something there, she's AEW Women's World Championship level. That's where I would want to see her, you know, play her cards. So that's a little bit where I'm at there too. All right. Um. Okay. So last but not least, we uh, need to talk really quickly about this main event. But before we do, everybody, um, reminder that I am going to be doing all of my shows here now. All of my Speak Now Pro Wrestling podcasts will be here on this YouTube channel. I'm live Tuesdays for NXT, Wednesdays for AEW, Friday for SmackDown, and then when NXT, sorry, NXT, um, AEW Collision, when AEW Collision officially takes off on Saturday, I will be here on Saturdays too to talk about AEW Collision. Also, for those of you who don't like to watch podcasts in video formats, I'm also available in audio. Um, you can listen to me on Spotify, Anchor, any website that provides podcasts. Just search me up, Instinct Culture by Denise Salcedo. Also, I'm trying to get my Apple podcast reviews up. Um, so if you guys haven't already, please, I do post the links in the description box below where you can go to my Apple podcast page and give this podcast a review, an honest to God review. Um, 
please, I really uh, would appreciate you guys if you did, because I need to get those numbers up, tired of looking like a jobber. So please help me out here. Uh, <laughs> it takes like 30 seconds to do, uh, especially if you guys have already listened to the podcast. All right. And then Friday, I will be here and I will be talking about the first night of the SmackDown draft, which is going to be a very exciting night. We got the draft. It's time to talk about it. This Friday is going to be the first date. All right. So now um, let's go ahead and get into the um, let's see the main event really quickly. We got Kenny Omega and Kenoshki Takashita versus the Butcher and the Blade. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Uh, someone didn't really care for the for the actual main event earlier. And it's not that I didn't care for it. It was fine. And I thought this was a fun match, but really it was everything that happened afterwards that really is to talk about. So afterwards we have, uh, so we do see Kanoshki Takeshita get the win for his team. So we see him and Kenny get the win. Like them teaming up together. It felt really cool. I love the rub that Kanoshki Takeshita is getting from Kenny Omega. That's really great. The post-match, we saw Brian Danielson, who had spent his entire time on commentary during this match, come down and he's basically calling Kenny Omega tired looking and that he's just living off of his legacy that he built in Japan. And this basically leads to a an attack from behind from the BCC. They attack Kenny and Takeshita and they bring back the screwdriver. And just when you think they're going to get Kenny with it, the young bucks go out there. They run out there. They super kick everybody. It's a super kick party. And then we see Kate. I was going to say KT because I, I write Kanoshke Takeshita as KT on my notes. So I'm like, KT. Uh, <laughs> so Takeshita, uh, Takeshita, actually, he's always at the wrong place at the wrong time, man. He freaking got brought into this whole thing by Don Kellis. And now, you know, the BCC at one point thinks that he's going to join them. And he's not. He's like, no, 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 I'm not trying to join you guys, this, this, and that. So he's basically just standing there. The BCC uh, ends up getting him with the low blow and he ends up taking the screwdriver by John Moxley and the poor kid is out there bleeding on the mat and nobody has worse luck on this roster than Kanoshke Takeshita um, because something always happens to him. He gets brought out to drama that he wasn't part of and now he's part of the drama and he has to take a screwdriver to the head and is left there like a bloody pulp. Poor Kanoshke Takeshita. But no, for reals, guys, this was fun. I'm loving to. I'm loving the team. Um, him be part of the elite, and this was a good spot for the butcher and the blade. We talked about the butcher and the blade earlier a whole lot, but this was fine. This is just continuing to move forward. The story with the BCC and the elite. I'm still liking the attacks. I know some people are kind of over it, but I think it works for what they're doing because that's what that's what it is. The Blackpool Combat Club is not to be controlled. They are madmen. They're going to go out there and cause any sort of violence that they possibly can. And that's what I enjoy seeing from the BCC. So, whew, man, guys, that was AEW Dynamite, April 26th. Thank you guys so much for being here, as always. And please, if you haven't already, subscribe. If um, this was your first time watching the show, please tweet me. Let me know what you guys thought about the show. Leave a comment. I always go in and read the comments on my YouTube channel. So I'm always reading what you guys are saying. I'm very, very in tune. I know so many of you guys by name and you guys know that I know you by name. Uh, I tried to remember so many of you. So please, 
please leave some comments. The more active you are, the more I remember you guys. And it just makes it for a really fun community on here. So thank you guys so much. And I will catch you back here on Friday for the WWE draft night one on SmackDown. Thank you guys so much. Catch you guys later. Bye everyone.